cats and goblins, and broomsticks and ghosts, covens of witches with all of their host. You may think they scare me, you're probably right. Black cats and goblins on Halloween night. Trick or treat. Alright everybody, welcome back to Phil at the Movies. You're listening to episode number 29 of this ongoing podcast series dedicated to, or as I enjoy saying, for the love of movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and at the start, that was the poem from the opening of Halloween 1978, right before the first shot of the film. There's this little over-narration with this sort of twisted but uh, sentimental Halloween poem, which really sets the tone, and I thought, with today's episode, what a perfect way to kick it off and to tie up, if you will, Spooky Season, because this will be the last episode of Spooky Season number uh, 2022, and uh, damn, what a year it has been for the horror genre and this month in general, and so I figured mine's will go out with a little bit of style, a little bit of class, and celebrate all that has been the horror genre, not only for this year, but, but certainly uh, throughout the month of October, and it is still going strong. You can just go look at the box office charts, and the horror genre continues to dominate it and is making a killing, uh, for a lack of a better word, uh, when it comes to uh, appealing with audiences. But I figured today I would uh, use this one to give a wrap-up, talk about some other movies that have been uh, playing at the theater, uh, as well as on streaming now and over the last couple of months, and put a final word on Halloween and give you my ranking of the entire franchise from my least favorite to my favorite. I uh, figured that was uh, something that we needed to uh, complete to uh, to bring an end to what has been now a, a months-long discussion reviewing each of the Halloween movies, and it has been an absolute joy. I've really, uh, I've really loved getting to revisit these films in anticipation for Halloween Ends, and then, of course, with the release of Halloween Ends and, and getting to share my thoughts with you on it, uh, it's just been, just been fantastic. And the film is playing. It's, it's still the uh, divisive entry that it was at the time it came out on October 14th, and certainly uh, has seen a roller coaster at the box office, but uh, I will I will save my uh, my final thoughts uh, for Halloween ends when I get to the ranking. But uh, suffice it to say, uh, my opinion on this film has not changed. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. I, I, I loved it, and uh, I look forward to revisiting it uh, again on Halloween night. But uh, with that, uh, before we uh, before we put that on the chopping block. Go through our usual uh, bit of housekeeping. Uh, as always, want to thank you, the listeners, for your continued support and feedback for this show. Uh, I've said it before. I will continue to say it. This is a passion project, and I'm doing this because I love movies, love talking about them, love seeing them. Uh, but to to have the response from you, the listeners, has just made it all the more enjoyable, and, and your interaction with this show and and through social media has just been uh, kind of the, the icing on the cake. So thank you for your continued support, and uh, feel free to recommend this show to your family, your friends, anybody who you think might enjoy listening to a passionate movie buff go on about his love of, of movies and cinema. 
uh, as well. Now, if you have not uh, done so, feel free to rate and review on Apple Podcast as well as hit that subscribe button. And uh, like like I said, feel free to share this with your family, your friends, even those uh, those who may not like. Maybe maybe this the sound of my voice will uh, will put people to sleep. I don't know <laughs> if you know anybody who's dealing with insomnia. Uh, maybe there's that, but. In any event, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart, and uh, certainly happy Halloween to each and every one of you loyal listeners of this show. So today, I wanted to really do a, a, a an ode to spooky season. Like I said at the start, this has been a fantastic year for the genre. I mean, looking back at what has been released over these many months, we start the year off with Scream, the fifth entry in the franchise and that really I think kind of kicked off this uh, this energy for the year and it's just continued onward. You have Barbarian which was the surprise hit later this summer. You had of course the Black Phone which I have gone on about a great deal and think it is a, a modern day horror classic. There's also Nope which certainly uh, straddles the line between horror and sci-fi really well and and delivers just a a knockout uh, film by by Jordan Peele. Highly recommend that one as well. I mean, just the year has been a banger for the genre, and that's wonderful because there's always an ebb and flow. I don't expect that that this trend will will continue uh, necessarily, you know, Indefinitely, there's always uh, peaks and valleys w- with anything uh, when it comes to uh, audience reaction and reception. But right now, uh, the genre is having it, it is having a moment, and it's great to see horror films not only doing well financially, but coming in first, second, third at the box office, and then staying there. The movie Smile is a perfect example of that open small and has continued to grow and grow the smile keeps getting wider and wider each week it's crossed over a hundred million dollars i mean this is a certified hit and i think it just shows kind of in uh relation to say the black phone or bodies 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 or even uh, barbarian audiences are craving original horror and they want stuff that is going to uh, excite them, stuff that's going to terrify them, and, and in many ways, st- stuff that will make them think. I, I, I really believe right we're at a point now where you can't just you know throw some scary scenes up there and, and call it a day. I think you you have to dig a little bit deeper and and show something that has some heart. And, and real uh, meat on the bone, so to speak, before you start the old uh, slice and dice, if you will. I think it's in, it's important to have a story uh, in addition to spectacle. I've said that many times on this show. I am a uh, I'm someone that always will prioritize story over you know, flashes and, and and pops because if you don't have a story, everything else goes out the window. You've got to have something grounded. You have to have characters that are relatable and likable. And you do all that, the rest will fall into place. So I think that's definitely been going on this year. Again, I cite the Black Phone. I cite Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I cite Barbarian. 
I mean, it just the list goes on. They're, these are not only scary films and well-made films, but they have developed characters, they have story, and they have a theme and narrative that drives them. They're all unique, they're all different, but they each are well-grounded and developed in their own world. So there is a, a payoff for the audience. It's not just a you know, kind of an amusement park ride, if you will. And I think that's what's really letting the genre kind of catch fire right now is that not only are they scary films, but they are well-made films and well-crafted and told stories. And I think at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. But as a fan of the genre, I- I'm loving this moment because this is a fantastic moment. And, and you know, being being a, a horror buff, I hope it continues uh, on indefinitely. Uh, but, you know, I guess time time will tell. So what I wanted to do today before I, I get into my rankings of, of the Halloween franchise, I wanted to talk about three other films um, that are that are out there right now. Uh, uh, one of them is is making a killing uh, for the lack of a better word at the box office as well as terrifying the shit out of people <laughs> um, uh, and kind of give you my immediate thoughts on them and then uh, of course go into the, the rankings. So again, three films that are that are sort of out there uh, in the discussion in the ether uh, and the first one of course is Terrifier 2. Now this is the second installment in the Terrifier uh, Terrifier series. I mean, I think it's well on its way to becoming a franchise and Art the Clown is certainly going to find himself in the, the, the pantheon of horror icons alongside Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and uh, Chucky. I mean, he, he really has asserted himself uh, as a as a dominant force in the genre. And this is, I think, like his, I want to say his second or third uh, iteration, uh, but but really the second where he's got his own uh, film. There was Terrifier uh, that came out in 2016, I believe, and uh, I will I will just uh, you know you know be open about it. You know, full disclosure, I'm not a big fan of these kind of carnage fest gore films. I mean. You know, I'm I'm much more of a of a traditional slasher fan when it comes to uh, my preferences uh, with with uh, with the genre. I mean, that's why I'm a big I'm a big Halloween guy. Um, so w- when it came to to Terrifier, I, I was always a little leery, and I'll, I'll just say full disclosure, I wasn't a fan uh, of the first film. I mean, I thought the the character of Art the Clown was ter- was terrifying and a unique concept but the film itself outside of just the the gross and the the straight gore fest i i thought was kind of a mixed bag it was sort of a lot of set pieces and 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 you know gore and 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 just horrible uh you know just mutilation and i mean just no other way to say it uh you know not that i have a problem with that it's just not it's just not my my cup of tea when it comes to horror, um, but the 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 first film I was I was that was our I mean it was all right. It, it, there was no plot really. It was more just kind of you know set piece and and chase kill. It was it was very 
very much a hodgepodge, I thought, of, of just different scenes and vignettes kind of woven together, and there wasn't much in the way of, of character or, or story developments. So when I, I heard that there was going to be a Terrifier 2, I you know, immediately was like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll see it if, if I have time. You know, again, I knew, knew about Art the Clown and, 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 and again, kind of liked his idea uh, as a character, but I wasn't stuck on, on Terrifier. So there wasn't really any kind of drive for me to, to go and, and, and see this film, but then of course the the reactions start coming out, and of course then you, know, you hear the story about it. You know, it really is an independence independent film. I mean, this is a you know, crowdsourced. I mean, really, just a, a remarkable uh, turn of events that that had you know that brought this movie into existence. And um, the, the the director Damien Leon, I mean, just major props to him for for sticking to his vision. And doing everything he could to to get the film made, and of course he did, and then ultimately getting it distributed. So I heard about it, you know, I saw that it was it was coming out. Didn't really, uh, you know, hit too much on my on my radar because, as I said, I wasn't a, a fan of of the first one, and I figured, well, you know, maybe I'll see it. But then the reactions start coming out, and and immediately. There's this this sort of visceral response, I mean, of people passing out and people throwing up during the screening, and there's security guards on site because people are just losing their minds because of the 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 gore and and the carnage and just the the just the the visceral ugliness to the to the kills. I said, geez, there. I mean, this is either superb marketing or there's something really going on here. And then, of course, uh, you know, the film starts in a very limited release mind you this is not this is not halloween ends this is not the black phone this is we're talking a couple hundred theaters maybe to start it off so we're not talking a wide net here and yet the response was overwhelming people loved it now there's you know we can debate whether or not you know this is like a a well-made film or this is one of those films where People enjoy the ride and kind of the reaction to it, and get caught up into in, in the in the kind of the the frenzy of, of interest and excitement. I think this is a situation where it is sort of a combination of of all of the above. But nevertheless, my my interest was was peaked when I heard all of of this going on, and then the film's uh, incredible success on a you know, made in a budget of two hundred fifty thousand dollars and right now has made over 6.3 million dollars and this is from a very very limited release we're talking a couple hundred theaters i think it's widest was maybe over a thousand but it has done remarkably well it was in the top 10 at the box office i mean we're 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 not just talking about a fluke here this movie has has resonated with people who have seen it and and they are showing up they're telling people about it and of course social media reactions you hear things oh my god people are are fainting people are passing out people are having to leave the theater i mean you don't need a trailer you don't need a poster that is the kind of word of mouth advertising that 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 studios and 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 directors and 
producers crave for their films. I mean, so this, uh, in that sense, is uh, is a certified hit across the board. Now, the film itself, I, I won't uh, dive uh, too much in, into spoiler depths because uh, certainly if you uh, haven't seen it and you're interested in seeing it, uh, I would recommend it. Now, again, as I said, I'm not a big fan of these type of, of films. I, I'm just more, you know, very more of a, of a you know, kind of a classic uh, slasher vibe, very, uh, you know, nuanced in, in my in my approach. You know, I, I'm more of a Halloween, well, I am a Halloween guy, so, um, you know, this, this was never going to be quite in my wheelhouse. But I have to say, compared to the original one, which I, I didn't care for, I thought this was a much better film and a a, a worthy follow-up. It wasn't just a movie that doubled down necessarily on the uh, on the on the the problems of the first film. I mean, there's carnage and there is there's gore and there's there's a scene with with mashed potatoes and I I I don't even know how to even describe it. It just this is one of those films where. You really have to see it to to believe it, because no amount of description can can replace what you were seeing, um, what you were saying <laughs> on the screen. It it, it really is a uh, it, it's a ride. I mean, there, there's a, there's there's no way there's no way there's no other way to put it. It, it is a ride, uh, but but the film itself is is better across the board. There there is a a, a tightness to the story. The characters are more developed. We have a final girl that is is really um, is really present, and, and again, going back to a developed character, um, you know, it's essentially about this you know this brother and sister who are are terrorized by um, by uh, Art the clown on on Halloween night after he has been miraculously uh, brought back to life following the the ending of of, of the previous film. And so he he goes on his 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 merry way, so to speak, and it's it's set on Halloween night, so it's a perfect setting. And it's great for this time of year, and it's just a it's an out and out uh, slaughter fest <laughs> to, to to put it uh, to put it bluntly. But Art the Clown is is, is truly terrifying uh, as a as a horror villain, and again I I say with total confidence that he's on his way to becoming. Uh, a great uh, icon uh, in in the likes of Michael and Jason. I mean, he just it, there's just that presence. And clowns are clowns are scary. I I I've never been a fan of of clowns uh, myself. I mean, I had an experience at, at the circus as a kid where clown came up behind me, and I must have been on a four or five at the time, probably maybe even three, came up behind me. And I mean, the the guy was doing his job, he's you know, being harmless, but comes around and you know. Gets right in my space, and you know, first off, you know, crazy hair and big shoes, and just it, it, no, it just doesn't, just doesn't work for me. And, and the guy's like, "Oh, I got your nose." And I mean, long story short, I I lost my mind, and, and my family and I had to leave the circus. And and for a long time, I was very uh, unsettled by clowns. I I couldn't go to a birthday party if there was going to be a clown or. You know, you'd go to a carnival and see a clown. I'd have to go the other way. <laughs> You'll make a mad dash for the exit. <laughs> so, my my uh, my my feelings towards clowns are are, are not positive. I, I there's just something unsettling 
uh, about them as as characters. I mean, the Joker doesn't bother me. Figure that out. But I mean, there's just something about a generic clown, and I and I would put Art in that kind of a category. Again, he doesn't speak, but 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 he is unnerving. And again, the 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 actor who 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 plays him, uh, he, he is he's just a he's just a master. Um, his name is David Howard Thornton, and he, just his body language. Again, sort of saying this last week with with James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers. When you have a character that doesn't speak but is is reliant on on body language as a form of expression, that's a that's a tall task, and certainly with the character like Art, who is much more uh, kind of you know, bombastic and 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 uh, present in his movements, uh, as opposed to Michael, uh, that's that 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 takes a lot of work. And, and not only that, uh, that creates such a an unsettling and, and ominous nature to this character, where it's like, even if he's just standing there, like you know, blowing a horn or something, you're unnerved. And 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 I was unnerved throughout the whole film and and that's i think the the real uh, strength of of these two films uh, regardless of of how i feel about the you know kind of just the in your face blood and guts the character of art the clown is uniquely terrifying and and he doesn't feel like he's a, you know rip off of pennywise or or anything else he, he is very much an original creation and I mean, there's no other say. It's terrifying, and you have a movie set on Halloween. You throw in a scary clown. I mean, you've got the ingredients right there uh, for 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 a movie that's going to to res- you know going to connect with people this time of year. Um, you know, I, mean, I don't think it's like this this uh, award winning film by any stretch of the imagination, but. Compared to the original, I, I thought it was a better story. I thought it was it was better executed, and 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 it it kind of had a sense of where it was going. And I thought the the payoff at the end really delivered. So I I was I was pleased by how much uh, I, I found myself enjoying this latest installment. And I I expect that the character will be back in in some form or another because. Uh, especially given the success of this film, and that's really why I wanted to 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 talk about it today. This this film has has done phenomenal at the box office. Like I said, it's it's made a killing over six million dollars, and I, I expect it will continue uh, to climb higher. And and it's really the little the little uh, engine that could for a for a horror movie because on a budget of two hundred fifty thousand dollars to then you know, be, be over six million. That that's that's a job well done. So I'm always going to root uh, for uh, the little guy, especially when it comes uh, to the horror genre. And you know, not to uh, not just to to compare Terrifier to Halloween, but that is how Halloween, the original film, found its its success. It wasn't this overnight hit that opened up in thousands of theaters. It was a slow word of mouth. Build and and sometimes you know we think in this day and age oh that stuff can't happen anymore but it does and we've seen it happen again and again this year it's not just with Terrifier two that's happened with Barbarian that's happened with Smile it's happened with the Black Phone word of mouth is a huge contributor to a film's success or failure 
Uh, again, it's, it's a double-edged sword. But in 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 this year, for for many uh, for many films, particularly in the horror genre, word of mouth has been crucial to uh, these films succeeding. And as a fan, I'm all for that. So let let's keep it coming. I'm hoping that the reaction to Terrifier Two, Black Phone, you name it is going to show studios that audience are are craving these kind of original horror films and want more of them and the studios will respond in kind not uh, to kind of you know rush them out and and you know print them like money because certainly uh that was what happened in the 80s these movies just sort of came out every single week never should sacrifice story for uh you know for 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 the easy dollar but then again this is this is Hollywood we're talking about, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I do, I do think this is a this is a good sign for the genre, and I wanted to uh, share with you my thoughts on on Art the Clown as a, as a, as a, as an emerging, if not already an, uh, an established horror icon. Uh, I think if 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 people are going to conventions dressed as Art the Clown and, and running around. Um, in Halloween costumes, I, then I, I'd say it's 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 official that Art is uh, in the big leagues now. So uh, uh, welcome welcome to the club, uh, Art. Uh, happy to have you here. So there's that uh, Terrifier two. If if you're not a fan of of of, of hardcore blood and guts, I, I would say skip it. But uh, certainly there is that curiosity factor. And and if, again, if you are a fan uh, of this this type of stuff. Go see it because I think this will be a movie for you. All right, with that, there is a kind of you know on the flip side. Uh, well, maybe not really the flip side, but yeah, uh, in a year that has seen uh, a number of of, of follow ups and and certainly uh, still more to come. Hocus Pocus Two was kind of the uh, official or unofficial kickoff to Spooky Season at the end of September. When it premiered on Disney Plus, and and talk about a a movie that was in development hell for a long time, and and at long last saw the light of day, and of course had the return of the original Sanderson sisters themselves in the uh, much anticipated sequel, Hocus Pocus Two. Now, I have to say, Hocus Pocus is is a classic. Uh, by by today's standards, I mean, well, it, it's it's a Halloween sort of a rite of passage. I mean, I always say to people, you have to see it at least once, and then you'll most likely be hooked on it for life, and it will become a yearly tradition, and you'll have to watch it again and again, as as is the case with me. So I, I was certainly looking forward to to this sequel. Uh, the original is such a weird and funny and uh, just wacky film that that really that really walks a fine line between both a between both a, a Disney kids movie and then one that pushes the envelope in the I don't want to call it uh, you know outright horror but the original film definitely uh, there, there is more of an ominous ominous subtext 
to it, particularly with the Sanderson sisters and their and their kind of their backstory and, and motivations. I mean, they're they're essentially looking to kill children on Halloween and 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 consume their souls in order to stay uh, alive and young. Uh, you know, not necessarily something you're going to see in in in, in today's version, but. The original uh, is is a classic, and I and I know that word gets thrown around a lot these days. But but I think it it definitely fits the original film, and and certainly um, I don't think I would call it a cult classic because I think it's sort of gone beyond that stage at this point. It really is a certified Halloween classic. I mean, people dress up as Winifred and and and. Uh, Mary and, and, and Sarah every year and, and I mean you go to Salem and, and I mean literally you can't help but run into uh, Sanderson sister impersonators on every uh, on every street and every venue it's I mean it's Salem Massachusetts after all but uh, suffice it to say I was intrigued when they announced they were going to do this film and then they're bringing back the uh, the original witches themselves, and and going to be a, a new uh, chapter in the story. I, I will say right off the bat, I think I mean I know why uh, Disney put it on Disney Plus, and I understand their 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 reason uh, reasoning for it, but I think this is a film that that would have done extremely well had it been released at the uh, in the theaters this year. Especially with with everything uh, that has has come out, and, and just sort of the the, the hits uh, that kind of keep on rolling, I think this movie would have have done extraordinarily well. I mean, the original was not; it was not a, a box office hit. It it was it was really a, a disaster, for a lack of a better word. And then ultimately found its audience because of the Halloween setting. I mean, I've always said if this movie had been set on you know, Arbor Day or something, there there would never have been any uh, fascination or love for it. it. But because of the Halloween setting and and the the nature of, of you know you can put this on every year, it found its audience, and of course the rest is is history. But you know, I, I I I do have to say that I think it would have been a a, a huge success at the box office and. Uh, was you know again I, I don't know how you know Disney figures it I mean you know streams and then new uh, subscriptions and all that it probably all works out in the end but I think just in terms of a kind of a, a huge cultural uh, impact especially with the way Halloween theme movies have been doing this year I think uh, this movie would have would have been a uh, just another another hit in the, uh, the 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 long list of Halloween centric movies that have been coming out over the last month or so. But any event, into the film itself, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it is by no means superior to the original. Uh, the original, I think, worked because it was the first, and and, and there was nothing to compare it to and and they just sort of went for it you know they threw it threw stuff to the wall saw what stick uh saw what stuck and then the rest was was history this film at points it feels like it is very much aware of what it is doing uh which which is not always a bad thing i mean there's i think there's always that that line that you have to balance especially when you're doing a legacy 
sequel, which this would certainly fall into that category, where it becomes either too much fan service or too much uh, nostalgia. Like, there's a sequence where they uh, go into Salem and there's a, a, a look-alike contest, a Sanderson Sisters look-alike contest, and then they you know break into a, a musical number. That that honestly was was perfect. It felt fine. It felt in line with what had come before, and it didn't feel uh, like it was uh, like it was out of place. Uh, there's a scene when they go into uh, into, and I think it's Walgreens, and they're going through the aisles and they're you know looking for uh, you know for you know a, a, a lotion or, or or something to try to you know eat and 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 you know rejuvenate themselves and. The, uh, uh, the the protagonist uh, uh, of the film, these uh, uh, these three friends um, who are you know, who accidentally bring them back into existence through the uh, you know, revelation of a of another black candle, uh, you know th- that that whole sequence felt a little bit uh, little a little bit more self aware uh, to me. I don't know. It just seemed like. It was a little too over the top, especially then, like they all come out with their, with the vacuums and and uh, um, you know Mary's got on the the the, the Roomba uh, vacuums and I know it was just that that felt to me like I mean it was funny and I and I enjoyed it but it was a little I know it felt a little too uh, a little too much fan service there um, and just you know kind of like the movie was like all right we're gonna we're gonna do this now and I mean. Overall, I, I think it's a fun, uh, cute Halloween movie, and it, it certainly, I think, connected with audiences. I mean, I I, ex- I expect there's going to be a third film just because of the way this was set up with their backstory and um, and kind of some thread lines that were left up. I mean, it's a much more sentimental film, and I I don't want to say that they redeem the Sanderson sisters but there there is a kind of a a softening to the edges of the characters this is not uh, I mean they're still the same kind of you know zany uh, you know funny trio that they were in the first film and and there is a nice story line in terms of the characters and the bonds of sisterhood and friendships that really tie well with the film and particularly with uh, Winifred and her kind of love for her sisters and that bond being unbreakable that that was nice but at the same time it, it did feel like it was a slight deviation from the original where yes they were funny yes they broke into song but there was something very threatening about the, the, the sisters in the original particularly uh, when they were going after um, you know Max and Danny and and, and Alice and it, it, there was there was a real threat and this one it's it's much more downplayed uh, it's really Sanderson sisters as these pop culture icons more so than 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 three uh, uh, evil witches and and again I mean that's you know that that that's fine but um I think compared to the two I mean I'm always going to go with with the original I think that one is is just it's funnier it's it's sharper and it it, it kind of you know ties everything up nicely 
Uh, whereas you know now I you know you can kind of see where it might be going with this other uh, witch character that was introduced in a prologue. So I mean there's there's definitely stuff that can be built upon and expanded for a third film. But I mean you know all in all I enjoyed it. It was a good it was a good start uh, to the to the season. But um, you know will I will I I watch it again? It's not one of those. Oh, I, no, I'm going to have to you know, watch this every year. I mean, the original sort of has its own uh, spot on the shelf, so to speak, uh, and, and I will always revisit that at least once every, uh, at least every once every Halloween season. But this one, I mean, it, it was fine, and and I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed seeing them uh, back in action. But all in all, I, it was it was a I don't want to say it was a disappointment, but it it. It left me uh, missing the first film, and and immediately saying, "Yeah, this is this is the better film." And so, you know, Hocus Pocus two. If you're a fan of of the series, you'll enjoy this. I think uh, if you're if you're a casual, which I, I would probably put myself more in the casual fan category, uh, you know, this is probably going to be a hit or a miss. Uh, there was stuff in here I liked, but I mean, all in all, the original one is uh is uh is for me and that brings me to one final film that i wanted to talk about before i give you my rankings of the of the halloween movies and that is the film watcher stars micah monroe and this came out earlier this year and uh, i caught it on streaming back in september and i had had heard great things about it but it was one of those films i felt where it it came and then it it, it went and i just you know, sort of it it left uh, left my radar but when i saw that it was going to be an option on on streaming i said oh i've got to you know check this out on shutter and so i watched it and the film itself it's a very uh tried and true premise we've got a, a woman living in an apartment building and there's a guy in the building across the street from her and she gets this unsettling feeling that he is watching her and and soon stalking her and of course nobody believes her her husband doesn't believe her the police don't believe her and and it's sort of this interesting uh you know sort of take on a very familiar story and and the wheel isn't reinvented in any in any stretch of the imagination, but it's the performance by Micah Monroe that I think really sells this film, and I I, I loved it. I, I found myself both unnerved because of the way the film was shot. It, it's a beautiful uh, work in terms of uh, cinematography, but but the score was sort of one of those things that was, was getting under my skin in, in the best possible way and like I said her performance as, as the character of Julia who's uh, going through this ordeal where she knows someone is watching her but yet she can't prove it and then there's you know a couple murders that are happening and, and you know, she starts to feel like she's losing her mind because nobody believes her well her performance is one of the year's best as far as I'm concerned. It really, like, you never well 
never once felt like you're okay. You're just watching a, a, a standard stalker film. It never feels that way at all. And that's why I say, like, even though it's a very familiar plot, it's the performances, uh, but but especially her performance, that makes the film feel both fresh and new and original. And like I said, she she carries it and. She's able to make you feel both, you know, terrified with her at the same time, uh, but also, you know, you're, you're cheering for her and, and you're going on this particular journey. And it's it's unsettling. Like the film has a way of of really taking you and putting you in the character's point of view, both in terms of the, the guy that's watching her, but also her uh, as the character of, of Julia and how she's. You know, in a foreign country, she's, you know, trying to figure out, you know, is, you know, she, you know, seeing things, is this, is this real, is this, you know, just all in her imagination, and of course, all of her suspicions are, are, are proven correct, and, and she discovers that, you know, of course, she is, uh, you know, being, being watched and being stalked by this, uh, by this man across the, the street from her, played by the, uh, the fantastic, uh, Byrne. Gorman. And that's what I mean. I also say, like the performances in this film, nobody is is phoning it in. This this all feels real. It all feels grounded, and and uh, there, there's just sort of a uh, just an ominous nature and, and tone that that creeps in from the moment the film starts. And, and again, it starts on kind of a you know, upbeat tenor where uh, the character Julia and and her husband Francis are moving. Um, overseas, and they're you know settling into their apartment and trying to get accustomed to the to the change and and you know sort of adjusting to uh, you know life outside of America, and it, it really just sort of sets you on that kind of you know you know take you out of your surroundings and and put you you know preferably in the middle of nowhere and then kind of see what happens and it like I said it's it's that performance that really drives it. I mean, I mean, Micah Monroe is, is one of my favorite actresses. She just, she's so believable and, and I'm, I, I'm glad that she's getting the, the praise and, and the recognition for this film because it, I think it really is, uh, just a, just a masterclass performance. And, you know, it, it's never once, you know, it felt like it was, you know, over the top or, or hammy. It really felt grounded and realistic. And, and there is a, uh, a sense of, of vulnerability with this character that she projects, projects not not in a negative way, but just in terms of you know how we the audience feel and respond to her, and and we're you know we're fearful for her, we're we're protective for her, we, we're, we're going on this journey uh, and, and this this horrible experience with her, and 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 she just she just makes it work. So I I highly recommend Watcher if you haven't checked it out. It's available on Shutter. Uh, I think there's a couple other. Uh, streaming services you can get it on but highly recommend this film and you know this really you know kind of was you know i watched hocus pocus um but then you know watcher was kind of this this other one that i uh uh put on to to kick off the spooky season last month and uh, what what a perfect way to kick it off you know i i this is what i i really love from the horror genre is, is a a psychological thriller uh, throw in a couple, you know, a slasher elements to it. There's just something about that film, uh, those kind of films that work. And 
like I said, this film, it's not reinventing the wheel in terms of, 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 a, of a plot. You know, there's you know, dozens of other uh, you know, stalker films, but this one, because of the performances, because of the cinematography, and I think just because of the climate that we live in today, it feels real, it feels original, and, and again, you're dealing with these themes of, of isolation and suspicion and, and just sort of, you know, you know, questioning, you know, what you're seeing with your own eyes, very applicable uh, to today's world. And so highly recommend this film if you haven't checked it out. Michael Monroe gives a fantastic performance and I'm uh, I'm certain to put this film as one of my uh, my favorites for uh, n- not only for uh, of the horror films that have come out in the last couple of months, but I will certainly be putting this film in my top 10 for 2022 because I, I really think it is a just just a, a powerful uh, revisiting on, on familiar themes and stories, but with a, 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 a killer performance and just an excellent execution of the story. So highly recommend it. Go check it out. Give this film uh, some love. Go, uh, go watch Watcher, if you will. So uh, with that brings us to uh, the end of my uh, you know, some three films I wanted to touch on today. As, my, as I said, an ode to, to Spooky Season, Terrifier 2, Hocus Pocus 2, and, and Watcher. And certainly the three of those, Watcher uh, just, just checks all the boxes and it's just a well-made film uh, with an incredible uh, performances, uh, but especially uh, the lead with with Micah Monroe. So highly check, uh, uh, highly recommend check, uh, checking it out. But uh, that now brings us to uh, the end of of today's episode and uh, the moment that I have been waiting for from uh, the start back in July when I started reviewing each of the movies in the Halloween franchise. My inevitable ranking. Now, my ranking for this series changes. Uh, usually every year, sometimes, you know, I mean, not nothing drastic, but one might move up, one might move down. I mean, depending on, on, on mood and, and how I feel upon a revisit, uh, because I always watch uh, the majority of these films every year. This year, of course, you know, I've gone through all of them uh, in, in review for, for these episodes, but uh you know, like I said, some some you know stay the same, some fluctuate again depending. But now we have uh, we have all thirteen films: the original film and twelve sequels. Eleven if we're we're taking out Halloween three season of the witch. But I am going to include that because it is part of the Halloween franchise, and I feel it's necessary to uh, to include it in the ranking for these movies. So. What I will do, of course, uh, I've gone through each of them now over the last uh, 13, <laughs> 13 weeks. Wow. Uh, over the last 13 weeks. So you can hear my in-depth review, analysis, fun facts on each film in the, in the franchise, starting all the way back with uh, Halloween 2007 and then kind of going sp- uh, sporadically throughout the, uh, the franchise. But today... I will conclude Spooky Season. I will conclude my uh, ongoing series covering the Halloween franchise with my my personal ranking for this series. And, of course, I am curious to hear what your rankings are as well. So feel free to uh, tweet at me, Phil 
at the movies or Phil Cast movies, depending uh, depending which uh, handle you want to tweet at. Uh, but I want to know what what you think. What do you think of my ranking, of course? And uh, you know, everybody uh, everybody has their own opinion. These are just my uh, my rankings. So mine might be the same as yours. Might be different, but that's okay. That's that's why we enjoy these movies. That's why I enjoy these movies because there is there's so much uh, discussion and analysis and and revision that goes through them, and and it really has become a, a pick your own adventure. A series or, or, or Michael Myers in the Multiverse of Madness, if, if you will, uh, because of the so many uh, different timelines and storylines, and, and they sort of all branch off into different directions. But uh, I, that's why I love it. That's why I think this series has lasted as long as it it has, because there've been so many, re, uh, re, you know, iterations and renewals and revivals and reboots and remakes and. Uh, sequels and non-sequels i mean i expect this character will go on indefinitely michael myers is is like dracula he's like the frankenstein monster he he is this horror icon that will be constantly reinterpreted reinvented it's like batman in many ways there's many different batman movies and timelines are now on to the reeves and pattinson era so we've just concluded the blumhouse david gordon green trilogy so i expect down the line michael myers will be back and of course i will be there waiting and uh ready to buy my ticket but enough on uh on speculation enough on uh idle uh idle chat let me uh let me give you my ranking and i will do it with kind of like a you know couple word blurb on each film uh uh, as it follows. So coming in at number 13 is of course, Halloween resurrection, which this is a film that hurts my opinion of Halloween H2O because H2O has such a wonderful climactic ending. And then it's ultimately sacrificed because of resurrection. Resurrection is just an outright terrible Halloween film. It doesn't, doesn't do the story, the character justice at all. And while it is a unique idea on paper, people spending the night in Michael Myers' home on Halloween, it's the overall execution of the story that I think is where the problems lie. And of course, again, the fact that it exists negates the the, the fantastic ending of Halloween H2O. So that's going to be number 13 for me. Number 12 is... Halloween 2. This is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And while I have said that I appreciate what he was going for in terms of originality and and his vision, ultimately this is another film that just doesn't stick the landing. It's it's kind of a half-carved jack-o'-lantern, if you will. There's ideas that are present, but they're never fully explored or, or executed in a way that I think does the character and the stories justice and I will say it turning Michael Myers into a, a Jason Voorhees uh, model was was the wrong approach the whole white horse subplot was just unnecessary for a Halloween film and my biggest pet peeve of all having Michael Myers speak I I, I should say I'm not opposed to the idea if it's done well now I don't know what doing it well would be there's a reason why it has not been done outside of Rob Zombie's films. And I, I think that that's 
says something, or in the case of Michael Myers, doesn't say something. You know, less, less is more. Uh, but that's that's all I'll say on on Halloween too, because I uh, I certainly have many thoughts on that. You can check that out uh, in the previous episodes. So now number eleven is Halloween, Halloween two thousand and seven. This was the remake that started Rob Zombie's era with the Halloween franchise. And again, it, this is not a movie that I despise with a passion, but it is it is a, a rather muddled take on the Michael Myers mythos. Appreciate and, and respect what, what Zombie was doing with trying to craft an origin story and a, and a motivation for Michael and, and why he is the way he is. But as I have said on numerous occasions during these uh, uh, these episodes, I think with Michael Myers, less is always more. And what makes him terrifying is the mystery, the fact that he is an enigma. And once you start to peel behind the mask, as Rob Zombie did, I think that's... Uh, that's problematic for a character that really is better left an enigma than being some fully dis- dissected and, and developed character. So that's number eleven. So starting out now, the top ten, and and you know this is where uh, I expect you know opinions will uh, start to uh, to come my way, but that's fine. And you know, I, I want to hear your thoughts as well. So please feel free to uh, tweet me your rankings as well. So. Number 10, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And this is a film where there is a story that could have been told. There, There's something in the many drafts that circulated before the film was made that if, if they could have just found that script or tweaked it enough... There might have been a really good Halloween movie. The problem is this is a film that has got so much controversy because of the different cuts. The producer's cut, the theatrical cut, uh, the uh, unfortunate tragedy of Donald Pleasance dying during post-production, causing all uh, sorts of challenges with reshoots. This is a film which had a cursed production to say the the very least and ultimately the storyline is is getting way too into the weeds of things again less is more with michael we don't need to know why he does what he does or or what is the motivating force behind his madness so while i i appreciate elements of halloween sex certainly Anything with Donald Pleasance as Dr. Loomis is always uh, a wonderful treat, and he enhances every film that he is in. Ultimately, Halloween's, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, is one that is entertaining, but but not much to, to uh, return to for a second course, if you will. That brings me to number nine, and I have to say, this one... I toyed with for a number of, of of reasons because I really like this film and I like it because of its originality. I like it because it is different. Now, if you couldn't guess, I'm talking about Halloween three season of the witch. And there there's probably a world in which this could be higher on 
on my on my ranking because I get what Carpenter and Hill were going for, and certainly Tommy Lee Wallace, which was to separate themselves from the Michael Myers mythos and to tell a story that was different, set on Halloween, creating an anthology f- series. I've always felt and have said this, this is a diamond in the rough. I'm so glad that it's found an audience and that it is continuing to get love and appreciation 40 years later. But as a as a Halloween film, and when you say a Halloween film, Michael Myers is synonymous with it, it really uh, misses, it misses the mark. And again, I think had it been titled Season of the Witch, it might have found its audience sooner and, and then ultimately... Who knows what, what might have happened? But all in all, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a really well done film, and as a standalone, it, it really uh, is an interesting what if of where the series could have gone had it been successful. But uh, ultimately, because Michael is not in it, and and Michael is is. Uh, as important to Halloween as, as anything else, uh, I, I will, you know, I got to put it right here at, at number nine. So that then brings me to, uh, to number eight. And, and this was where I was sort of back and forth on, uh, between uh, the eighth and nine spot. And that is Halloween, the revenge of Michael Myers and, or just Halloween five. This is a movie that I think they tried to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, I enjoy, Halloween 4, maybe not as much as a lot of fans do. I love the ending, but I also dislike the ending because while it is shocking and it shows the cycle of evil is continuing and and it has now been passed on to Jamie, it really does put the writers in, in a tough spot. And so in Halloween 5, you're left with a dilemma of, okay, is Jamie going to be the next Michael Myers or are we going to revert to her being the victim? And ultimately, they went with more the latter than uh, than the former. But there is that sort of balancing act of trying to have your cake and eat it too, where maybe Jamie's evil, but then she's really not. And I think the better Halloween 5 might have been to have followed a, a storyline where Jamie was perceived as the killer or, or Jamie was in fact the killer I mean again that's we're into speculation territory now but uh, th- there's definitely a lot of problems with Halloween 5 and certainly the the man in black character and, and the challenges that, that that character presented gave way to the problems of Halloween 6 I mean there is there's a lot going on in Halloween 5 I mean there's the Myers house change from a, a, a two story uh colonial into a gothic mansion i mean there's very very much a you know a, a, a weird vibe going on with it but it's a guilty pleasure for me and of course donald pleasance is fantastic in it and delivers i think one of his greatest luminous performances in the series and of course that final showdown with michael is is one of the best in the series as well but all in all halloween five is is a is a mixed bag of candy, but uh, I, I certainly uh, I, I certainly appreciate it uh, as as a as a unique take on the mythos. So that brings now to number seven. So we're getting a little uh, getting close to the top five, and so number seven is Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers. And 
as I said, this movie, the ending, I have a, a kind of a love hate with it because of uh, you know one just it's the, uh, the the shock and awe of it, but also the writing challenges it presented for Halloween Five. But putting all that to the side. Halloween 4 brought Michael Myers back in a big way. It made him relevant again after years of, of laying dormant following Halloween 2 and certainly Halloween 3. This brought the character back. And say what you will about this film. They played it safe. They, they went with a straightforward slasher film. Had this film not worked, we would not be talking about Michael Myers most likely today. This film reinvigorated the franchise and, and made Michael Myers a, a dominant force at the box office, and he has continued that way through the present day. So uh, for whatever flaws the film may have, it brought the character back in a big way and said, oh, no, Michael is, is here to stay. He is the figure of these movies going forward. So that all brings me to number six, and that is Halloween H2O, Halloween 20 Years Later. And this is another one where it could go back between uh, the sixth or the fifth spot. And all in all, I I like this film. I love the take on Laurie Strode. And I like how there's been unique interpretations of the character uh, in all of the films, but certainly in the, in the different timelines. And insofar as this concluding the brother-sister saga that was established in Halloween 2, this was a perfect film, and it, it gave Laurie that catharsis, the ending with her chopping his head off is great, and it, it really brings the series to a nice crescendo. It's unfortunate that what happens with Halloween Resurrection, but uh, Halloween H2O was another kind of nice uh, revival of the series, and while there is a, a scream element to it, which I think kind of is conflicting with the with, with the tone of a Halloween movie, uh, th- there's there's more to like than dislike with this film, and I always enjoy revisiting it every year. So now, going into the top five. So now now things I think will get very interesting. Hope they get interesting. Um, coming in at number five. And this, this again, as I said, was another film that could go back and forth, but it is Halloween Kills. And this is a movie that I feel gets way too much hate, way too much crap uh, put on it. This is not a, a, a bad film. This is not a travesty like, uh, like Twitter would have you believe, which, again, don't always read what you uh, see on Twitter or believe what you see on Twitter but uh, nevertheless Halloween Kills is a full throttle non-stop action slasher film that is a love letter to the heyday of slasher and, and really Michael Myers movies of the 80s this is his film he is the dominant force about it when I rewatched it recently even the evil dies tonight stuff which Yes, I'll concede is, is a little hammy and over the top. It didn't bother me uh, as much as it might bother someone else. I really think this is a, a film which doesn't apologize for what it is. It's a slasher film. It's having a fun time. And it, this is 
Michael Myers at his peak. And I think for years to come, uh, this film will, will continue to see its reputation improve, uh, just like a number of the films have in the franchise. I think because 2018 you know, revived the series and then Kills went in such a, a different direction where it was more about kind of action and gore and not necessarily character development, I think that may have uh, accounted for people's jarring reaction to it. But uh, I will always defend this film, and I, I think it uh, it's it's a perfect entry in in the series and definitely a, a worthy follow-up to, to Halloween 2018. So now, number four, Halloween 2. And for a long time prior to 2018, this was my favorite sequel in the series. It's It does what it needs to while also raising the stakes. And the hospital setting is one of the creepiest environments to put a horror film. And Halloween makes great use of its setting. It feels like it is connected to the original film. The camera work, the cinematography, Dean Cundy uh, just... Hit, checking all the the right boxes. Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasance, again, never turns in a bad performance. Jamie Lee Curtis is back once more as Laurie Strode. And, of course, the film's explosive finale. You can't ask for... Uh, you couldn't ask for a better sequel for a long time. And, and for me, this was the gold standard going into Halloween 2018. And it's one of those films, even you know, if I'm flipping through the uh, the channels and I see it, I have to stop and and watch it because it just has such nostalgia and and and, and interest that I I can't help but but uh, you know, catch up with it because it, it does feel like it is part of a a two act story and when you watch it back to back with Halloween 1978 it, it does feel like a complete piece so highly recommend it as you know and uh, you know happy to put it as number four on. Uh, on my ranking. So now, here we go. The top three. You probably can guess uh, where where one of the films uh, falls, but this is uh, this is where things will get interesting. And I expect, as time goes on, this uh, this order uh, will change as it has over the years. But uh, this is where we are right now in 2022. So, number three is Halloween Ends. This is a movie, as I said, that is dividing fans and critics. Uh, some call it the greatest Halloween film ever made. Some call it the worst Halloween film ever made. It really is uh, creating a lot of passionate discussion. And certainly uh, at the at the box office, it had a great opening weekend. It also had a historic uh, record drop uh, in its second weekend, 80%. Uh, you know, I, I try not to, to dive too much into to box office uh, analytics here because, I mean, number one, I always look at it. Do you enjoy the film? If you enjoy the film, it doesn't matter what the box office is because there's a lot of great films uh, that, that don't do well at the box office and then there's a lot of Really terrible films that do do well at the box office. You know, again, not calling out anything in spe- in specific, but but that is the uh, the 
the point. You know, box office is not always a judge. But um, suffice it to say, this film is dividing uh, the fandom in, in a way that uh, I, I have not really seen since the Rob Zombie films. And, and that was really before the, the surge of social media. So it, this is a different uh, a world, I guess, for the, for the Halloween uh, series. But as far as I'm concerned, I love this film. I appreciate and, and really dig its, its originality and the, the chances that David Gordon Green and company took with it. As I said last week, I understand people's criticisms and, and I think it, you know, those are valid. They're, 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 they're valid points, but insofar as they it were for me, this movie worked. And it worked not only as the third film in this trilogy, but it worked as the concluding chapter of this saga, which began in 1978. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I left... I left on cloud nine. I was I was ecstatic, and each time I have gone back to this film, I've now uh, watched it twice. Going to watch it again over the weekend. I I, I have enjoyed it. So, uh, Halloween Ends uh, is one of those films which I, it's divisive right now, but I expect there will be a renaissance in its opinion down the road, and I think distance and time uh is always the best thing for for any film uh sometimes it can go in the opposite direction but uh especially with a film that is uh polarizing as this one is i think there'll be reevaluations down the road i mean as halloween 3 season of the witch found its audience uh i i think halloween ends may end up finding uh its audience in the years to come but uh i i I loved it from the moment I saw it. I thought it was a perfect encapsulation of, of everything that Carpenter and Hill were saying back in 1978. And it really, it took a chance. You know, different is not always better in the case of Rob Zombies 2. But in this particular case, Halloween Ends uh, succeeded and, and it, it worked for me. So that's that's number three on the list. And, you know, like I said, I, I think... There will be reevaluations uh, in the years to come, but even personally, I think I could see a world in which this movie is my second favorite in the franchise. It, it just really, it really struck a chord with me in the right way. Um, but we're still too, uh, we're still too much uh, in the in the newness of it. So I always want to you know, take some time and let things marinate. But but my uh, my opinion of it still is strong after my uh, my first viewing and then ultimately the second viewing. So I, I it's only going to go up. And uh, being at number three, uh, that, that bodes well for it. But uh, number two on my, on my list is Halloween 2018. And this film, this is what brought Michael Myers back for me on the big screen in a way where he hadn't been for a long time. And... I remember going to this opening weekend and just being just over the moon ecstatic that Michael was back, Laurie was back, and I mean, again, box office notwithstanding, the film was was a success at revitalizing and reinvigorating this franchise. I said on my review of this episode, 
if kills and ends did not exist and they had just made 2018, it would have worked because the film does feel complete by the end of it. Now, there's two other ones, and I think together it's a beautiful trilogy about fear and trauma and, and overcoming terror, but the original, the first one in this in this trilogy really does wrap everything up nicely. Michael is terrifying, he's back, he's menacing, and the, it's a complete story. It's not a cliffhanger like Kills is. 2018 wraps everything up uh, in a nice way and, and again leaves the door open if, if for a sequel, but it could have worked as just a, a one-off and, and done with. But nevertheless, uh, th- this is one of those films where I think there is the nostalgia uh, factor that, that definitely influences my opinion of it. Uh, again, four years now, and I can still remember going to the theater. I can go- still remember going to the theater on Halloween night to see it again and just just loving every minute of it. And the audience's reaction to the different moments and just the the humor was balanced right and the terror it just everything worked with this film and it 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 felt like michael myers was big and scary and relevant again uh and and that was just a wonderful thing as as a fan so i i have such a a love for this film and this is another one every time i i see it on tv or something i i have to stop and and see it through because I just think it's it's a per, it's a perfect follow up to 1978 and and acts as kind of a an unofficial Halloween two if you will and explores what happened uh, to a to a perfect end but uh, that's that's number two on the list so that then of course brings us to number one and you could have guessed it it is Halloween 1978 the original the classic. One of the greatest films ever made, as far as I am concerned. The greatest horror film ever made. It's suspenseful, it's it's thrilling, it's bloodless, and it all works. You have fantastic performances, you have believable characters, you have a chilling score, and it set the standard not only for all the Halloween films. I mean, there's a reason this film has never been topped after now 12 sequels in the franchise, but this film set the standard for all of the slasher and imitators that came post-1978, and yet no one has been able to touch this original classic, and I almost uh, think no one uh, no one ever will. It is just, it is a perfect, perfect movie, and I I can't say enough good things about it, but you all know that I uh, did an episode on it, so if you want to hear me go on at greater length about Halloween 1978, you can check out that episode from a few weeks back. So with that, okay, we're at the end. We're done. There's my ranking. Want to hear yours? Tweet me. Uh, tweet at me what your ranking is for the Halloween series. Do you agree with mine? Uh, curious to hear what your thoughts are as well uh, as on uh, Halloween ends because, like I said, there's a lot of uh, passionate discussions and uh, I'm, I'm curious what people thought of the uh, of the new film. If you loved it, if you hated it, if you were somewhat in the middle, uh, I want to hear it because, uh, like I said, art is subjective and everybody comes away with something different and it's always fascinating to me to, to, to read it and hear what other people's thoughts are because then, you know, it opens your eyes and you see different things and it just makes great 
connections and, and communication. So let me know your thoughts on that as well. So, wow, here we go. We're done. This is it for spooky season 2022, the end of the road for Halloween right now. This is it. The end. The journey is here. We've completed it. We're uh, we're leaving Haddonfield now. I'm leaving Haddonfield. And next week, returning to regular pro- programming, be talking about some current films that are out there. Going to get back into the uh, usual swing of things. The show will still be every week. I think that is a good format, and I personally enjoy doing it that way. So look for... New episodes every Friday. A lot of great films still to come out over the course uh, of, of the next few months. A lot of uh, possible Oscar contenders as well. So going to be talking about those in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, that is all that I have to say for today's show. That is all I have to say for now on the Halloween franchise. I have loved every minute of this, but... Uh, as they say, it's uh, time to put the uh, the boogeyman to bed just for a little bit, but don't worry. Halloween comes every year. Michael will be back, and though he may not be back next year, I'm sure he will be returning to the big screen at some point in the not-too-distant future. But until then, we have the memories and we have the films to enjoy and to scream and to rewatch again. And remember... Evil never dies. It changes shape. On that note, have a great weekend. Thank you as always for tuning in. And let me be the first to wish you and yours a happy Halloween. And remember, evil never dies. It changes shape. On that note, have a great weekend. Thank you as always for tuning in. And let me be the first to wish you and yours a happy Halloween.